wonderful singing. And uh, we, uh, we're peculiar people, aren't we? We like, we like it easy. I mean, we really do. And everybody thinks we've got, well, I've got a hard life. And you just don't understand how hard my life is. And maybe, but I'd say a couple of things. One, a lot of our hard life we bring on ourselves. And then when we look at other places and see other people, their life is much more difficult. And uh, sometimes God brings us through things like they just sang to purify us. And we don't want to be, we want, Brother Marty, we want to be like Christ, but we don't want to share in the sufferings of Christ. And we can never be like Christ until we, until we, we uh, serve in the sufferings of Christ. You can't do it. You have to have suffering, and so we, we like the idea of heaven, we like the idea of salvation, uh, but we don't like the cross, right? And Jesus said this, that, that we have to take up our cross and follow him, and the cross is an instrument of death, and so you, you really have to, if you're ever, you know, and, and we live in, the, in, in a world where people are just not happy, they're just, they're not. And a lot of it is, again, because we make decisions that are contrary to the Word of God. And then we'll take some of the Word of God, Brother Kenneth, we'll say, well, I like that part, so I'm trying to live by God's Word, but only half of it, right? So, so we have to realize that, um, as they sing, that, that God does allow some things in our life, and some of it is not of our choosing. But if I keep my eyes on the cross and I keep my eyes on the Lord Jesus, then I realize that he's allowing this for my good, right? And so we're all this way as we're, we're kids, especially when you become teenagers, you think you got it all figured out, don't you? And your parents are dumb and they're old-fashioned and they don't understand. And, and uh, my kids do that. I did that. My parents did that. You know, you did it. Let's be honest. There's very few people sitting here that you were just like, you know, everything mom and dad tells me is right. I'm just going to... I'm just going to do what they said and everything's going to be right, right? But how many would say this? If I would have listened, my life would have been a whole lot easier, right? Well, our, our earthly parents are limited in knowledge, and they knew a lot. Now, you've got a, a heavenly father that is all-knowing, and he tells us in his word how to live, what to think, what to believe, and even, even sitting in here, and this is, a, this is a good independent Baptist church, and we say we're Bible believers, but there's a lot in this book we're going, yeah, I don't, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to do it my way. And then we go, well, I don't understand why God's letting me go through this. Much of it you, you chose, right? Some of it you didn't. And so we, we have to get to the place where we realize that when God allows those trials in our life they're for our good and we don't have to understand them we just got to trust them amen turn to Luke chapter 22 this morning please Luke chapter 22 and I was mistaken I think I said Hezbollah it was Hamas that was uh, so I apologize for that but brother Ralph said there were 20 they're fighting in 22 cities that that uh, I think he said 3,500 rockets have been launched in there, and uh, they're fighting in 22 cities. 
And it, by the way, don't listen to what they're, they're saying about, well, it's, they want a two-state solution. This has nothing to do with land. They, they want to annihilate God's people. This doesn't have, you, you could give them you could give them all the land over there and they'd still want to kill kill the Jew. So don't don't believe I don't want to get into that. We're going to stand a word. Amen. Luke 22 verse number 1. The Bible said now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh which is called the Passover and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas' surname Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Notice verse 4, and he went his way. That's important. He didn't stay with the Lord. The Bible said he went his way. And notice this, and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. So you'll notice in verse 4 there is a progression that he went away from the Lord, Right? He communed, which meant he was not just passing by, sojourning. He stayed with the enemies of Christ. Is that right? That's what it's saying. How he might betray him unto them. So here's Judas who had walked with Jesus. He had been with the disciples. He'd seen the power of God. He had seen the power of Jesus Christ. He knew Jesus had given him the word. He told him he would be crucified he would be buried. He would rise again. So he, he was not ignorant of the word. Right. Hang with me. He was not ignorant of the power of God and the presence of God. Yet, he still made a choice to go away from God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and commune or yoke up with the enemies of Christ. Is that right? And then he betrayed Christ. So the progression was, he walks away. Now you have to examine your life. Are you as close to God now as you once were? People say, well, no, I'm not, but I don't think I'm backslid. You just define what backsliding is. To not be as close to Jesus as you once were is by definition backsliding. So, so he walked away from God, right? He... Went his own way, his way. Brother Johnny, we, right? I want to do it my way. I'm going to do what I want to do. It always, when you do it your way and I do it my way, it always takes us away from God. And there's always somebody there. The devil always has somebody there for you to commune with. And then the Bible said, how he might betray him unto them. So not only is he walking away from the Lord, not only is he with the wrong crowd, now he's gonna, he is going to deliver Jesus to them. Right? Verse 5 says, And they were glad and coveted to give him money. And notice verse 6, He promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. You know what that tells me? Brother Tilly, the Bible said he sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of what? The multitude. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. 
Let me tell you why you need church. It's not just so you can hear the word of God preached. It's not you need to be around the multitude. You need to be around God's people. When you get away from God's people and you get away from God, notice the progression. He got away from the Lord, right? He sought people that hated God. He betrayed the Lord, and now he's wanting to get away from God's people. I've seen it a thousand times. There's a progression. So so what I, I want you to see is that you need people. And you need God's people. And you need God's church. And you need God's word. And you need God. Well, God has designed us to need some things. And you can be a cavalier. And you can be a renegade. And you can be, you know, your own person. And you can say, hey, I don't need anybody. But you do. And when you isolate yourself from the very things that God has given you to to draw you closer to Him, you're in trouble. And so... I've read, you know, uh, I've read com- comment commentators and preachers that they said, well, you know, Judas and uh, was the Antichrist, and that Judas, uh, God had actually appointed him to betray Christ. And when you look at uh, uh, the Bible, said where Judas went, he went to his own place. Jesus called him the son of perdition, and that uh, his own place and perdition was talking about hell. And I don't know about all that. That's deep and that's good thinking, good talking. But we ain't there. This ain't Bible college class, right? So, so I, what I want you to see is that the Bible said here in, uh, in verse number 3, then entered Satan into Judas. Now, I'm not here to debate whether a Christian can be uh, possessed or influenced by Satan. I know, I know that he can uh, influence us. I think the Bible teaches that once you are truly filled with the Holy Spirit, there ain't no place for the devil in you. But I do know that Satan can influence and is wreaking havoc among God's people and leading many astray. And so I want you to see the severity this morning of becoming Satan's pawn. Now I want to say this. You don't like this, and that's fine. If you've got a problem with me, you take it up Danny Payne. He'll straighten you out. At some point in time, God's people are going to have to take responsibility for God's people. I get tired. Well, you know the devil. The devil's using them for this. Well, you do realize that to be a pawn of Satan, you have to allow yourself to be the pawn. See, we we got in this place where we don't think anything's our responsibility and the devil's doing all this, and he is. But you know what? The reason that he is so prevalent in our churches is because we let him. If greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, listen, then Jesus is much greater than Satan. And unless I allow him to use me as a pawn, he can't. And there's our problem. See, we don't want to take responsibility and say, you know what? I, I, I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm going to live for God. I'm not going to let Satan. I'm just I, he, not in my house, Satan. Amen. We don't want that. We want to say, well, it's not my fault. So how do we know when Satan wants to use us and he uses people? Because here's the thing. You ready? I've seen it. What happens is he will use people 
to divide the church. He'll use people to divide homes. He'll use people to draw you away from God. And, and we'll always, I'll give you an example. I saw, this, I saw this quote and I don't disagree with it. People say, well, hurt people, hurt people. Well, I don't disagree with that. But at some point in time, you got to say, you know what? I'm a big boy, I'm a big girl, and yes, I've been hurt, but I ain't going to hurt nobody. That, that's called personal responsibility. Yeah, I've been done wrong, and my parents didn't do me right, and the church, but you know what? I'm going to serve God anyway. I'm going to be the exception instead of the rule. That's what we need more of in God's church, not the, I, well, hurt people, hurt, great cliche, but at some point in time, if greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, i got to look up and say, I'm going to be different. Amen. So, so what happens is we let Satan use us to do his bidding instead of stepping up and say, I'm going to follow Christ no matter. They sang about it. Young people, you got to be big boys and big girls. And by the way, happy birthday, number 18, right? But, well, they're just kids, preacher. But, but listen to me. If they're saved, they have the same Holy Spirit in them that I've got in me. Now, they may not be as mature as you and me, but, but we, they don't get a free pass to go live like the world. Neither do you, Mom and Dad. Neither, hey, listen, neither do you, Grandma and Grandpa. If shacking up is wrong for them, it's wrong for you if you're 80 years old, too. I may have to go on the road with y'all after this one, amen. Well, they're just... They're 80 years old. It's, you know, well, if they're 80 and they're still living together and ain't married, it's the same thing as if two 20-year-olds are doing it. I know. you never heard preaching like that. That's the problem. That's the problem. So, so we got three things I want to deal with. I know the time. I, didn't, I wasn't here Wednesday night. I got a little extra to preach this morning. If, if we can figure out, right, the best way to stop the enemy is to know the enemy. So if I know Satan, the Bible says he's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I know this, Brother Matt, he's after me. And he's after you and he's after this church and he's after every church that's, that preaches the word of God, not just us, right? So if I can identify who he is and the tricks, and by the way, he, he's not real smart because he uses the same tricks. You say, well, why does he do that? Because they still work. I mean, if I was a football coach and I was running the ball up the middle, I'd keep running up the middle until they finally stopped it and then I'd do something else. So three things I'll, I'll, I'll share with you. Number one is the works of Satan. The works of Satan. Well, if we can identify his tactics, maybe we could avoid being a pawn of the enemy. I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't want Satan to use me. I don't want him to use you. I don't want him to use our church. I don't want him to use anybody. So what are the number? Uh, the works of Satan is, first of all, deception. The Bible said, and, and write these scriptures down. You can look at them later. John 8, 44, Jesus said, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not uh, in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaketh a lie. He speaketh of his own. He is a liar and the father of it. Satan deceives. Is that not what he's doing today? People don't, five-year-olds, they don't know what gender they are. 
right? And then we're running around saying, well, they ought to be able to choose whatever they want to choose. Well, why don't you let them smoke dope when they're five? Right? Won't you let them drink liquor? I mean, why not give them some Jack Daniels when they're five? Saying, if you want to drink it, go ahead. Why, why, not, why not enlist them in the military when they're five? Right? I mean, we live in a we live in a world of lies. We're getting ready in 2024. Elections coming up. You know what you're going to see? Lies. You know what you're seeing now? Lies. And we know it. And they'll say, well, what he said on the campaign trail, everybody knows that he just said that to get elected. He's really not going to do that. That's a lie. Satan deceives. Right? In other words, what he does, he shows us the attraction of something. He doesn't show us the whole There'd be nobody, Brother Ron, there'd be nobody that would ever drink and drive if they, when, they, when they played the beer commercials and they played the liquor commercials, if they showed the destruction and they saw the, the, the guts hanging out of people from drunk drivers, nobody would ever uh, take pills, Brother Danny, and even have to worry about fentanyl if they realized and they really understood that just that one could put them in the grave. But Satan deceives, and, and he deceives the church, and he deceives Christians. And he said, you know what? If you'll just change, then uh, people will love you. Well, Jesus said they didn't love him, and they won't love you. He never shows us the consequences, just the attraction. He's a liar because there's no truth in it. I want to say, I'm going to go on record today saying this. I hate the devil. I hate him. You ain't supposed to hate. I hate him. If I'm wrong, then God can tell me when I get to heaven. But I'm tired of seeing the deception that's going on in this world, and it's because Satan is is seeking whom he may devour, and let us not be the pawns. Deception. But then the Bible says the works of Satan is he devours. First Peter chapter five, verse number eight said, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour." Now, here's what he does. The picture is this lion. Wait, and you've probably seen the, if you've ever seen the videos, those big cats are stealthy. And they'll creep up in those high weeds and they'll hide and they'll be quiet until the prey goes by and then they'll pounce on it. And when they pounce on it, Brother Ian, they're not just trying to, well, I'm just going to kill it. They devour it. And not only does one do it, the whole crowd comes in and picks that thing clean. And oh, by the way, Brother Danny, I will need some help on this one. Ladies, don't get upset with me. The man is not the, the man tiger or the lion is not the one that kills them, it's the ladies. So y'all devour people's what you do. Of course, I guess you could say the man's too la- the man lion is too lazy to go out and kill the food and bring it to like he's supposed to, couldn't you, right? Now I got him. Hey, this ain't my first round. I ain't gonna make the ladies mad. I'll make the men mad. They can't handle me, but you always make the ladies happy. It's the men's fault, ladies. The, the man tight lion didn't go out and kill the thing like he's supposed to, so the woman had to do it. Is that what you're saying? But you know what he does? They, they creep up, 
and then they pounce. That's what the devil, you know what, here's what sin does. Oh, I'm getting away with it. Oh, if this was, if this was wrong, you know what, God would stop me. Oh, a little farther, let me just say, there's got to be a line, Brother Charles, when I get to that line. If it's wrong, there's got to be a line that God's going to say, that's enough. And the Holy Spirit the whole time saying, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. And then you keep going and you keep going. You know what happens? That's when he devours you. you he lulls you to sleep thinking all safe and not. I'm going to get away with it and I can make it. And all of a sudden, then he devours. And that's what he's doing today. You know what? You know why? I'll say it again. I've said it a thousand times. You know why our country's in the mess? It's not a Democrat. It's not a Republican. It's God's people. We've let it go. We've let it happen. You know how this brother is having to go all over the country preaching? And he'll tell you there's churches out there all across our country that don't have pastors. You know why? Because we failed. We failed. You know why New York's in such a mess, Chicago's in such a mess, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle? Let me tell you why. Well, it's because they're liberal, the liberal mayors. Nope. We ain't got a witness there. Or if we do, we don't have enough. See, Jesus is the one that changes everything. Not, not, not the Democrats, not the Republicans, not Antifa, not, uh, uh, you know, not uh, the Heritage Foundation. Jesus changes people. And what we're seeing is a spiritual problem that we're trying to figure out how to fix with political means. And it will not happen until men's hearts get right with God. And Satan has us blind. He has us deceived. He is devouring people in our, just in our midst. And you know what we're doing? Exactly. Not, I love college football. But I'm not going to get so caught up in college football, I don't know what's going on in this world. What, what is yours? You say, yep, preach that college football, that's dumb. Yeah, but you sit there like this all day. Right? I love Farmville. I've seen every episode on Netflix of this, right? I mean, we're, we're just deceived. And we think, Brother Tilly, we think, well, we got all this time. I mean, yeah, man, Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm just going to keep Netflix until Jesus gets here. People are dying going to hell. I, hallelujah. And then death. John 10, 10 said, The thief cometh not. But for to steal and to kill and destroy, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. His ultimate goal is to kill. He just wants to kill. We're doing it. We see it in our country. Look at all these babies being killed. 65 million in the womb. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, a woman's choice. Here's what. Here's what I want to know. All the feminists that run around saying it's a woman's choice. What if that baby in your belly is a woman? You want to empower women, but you just killed a woman. 
I don't think it's a woman. I think it's an embryo. Here's the thing. Our problem is we don't want to define life. Once you define life, it becomes murder. And so if we can say life does not start until... I, listen, and I know what's coming. They're going to debate the whole abortion thing. And they're going to say, well, I think six weeks. I think 12 weeks. I think 15. I think no weeks. Amen. I think no weeks. Well, what about rape and incest, preacher? Why are we not doing something to the rapists and the incest people? Why is there not harsher punishments for that? I mean, it's like we always have to choose to be, well, I know this is how we feel, but if we could only get this, when are we just going to say God's word is our standard and we're going to stand on God's word? Death. Satan, that's all he wants to do is kill. Adam and Eve, why do you? To kill them, right? So the works of, I got to move, amen. How does, that's the work, but how does he do it? The ways of Satan, how does it? Well, 1 Thessalonians 3, 5 says, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. He seduces. Remember back in Proverbs? Solomon's telling his son, Now listen, you've got to watch out for that woman. You've got to watch out for that harlot. You've got to watch out. She'll seduce you. That's what he, oh, how do he know that, Brother Junior? Because Solomon had been seduced. Solomon, the wisest man that's ever lived, was seduced. David, hey, the man after God's own heart, his eye, right? So he uses temptation to lure us into sin and away from God. So you see those little, uh, and it doesn't matter, you can use this anything, right? I'm using a mousetrap, all right? Why do they come? Get their head blown off by that thing. Because there's peanut butter or cheese or something they want. And they're going, oh, that's more important to me than the potential of having my head ripped off by that. Right? Miss Rita's going, why'd you have to? I, that's just what came to my mind, Miss Rita. You folks that like to fish, why do they? You just throw a hook out there. They ain't going to just jump on the hook. You put something out there, worm, you know. Allure, whatever it is, and they're going, oh, I love that. I can't stand it. And then you got it. Deer hunters, you put corn, attractant, you, you know, urine all over it. And why? Because the deer's going, huh, I hear all these gunshots around me. And I know there's not a war going on, but I really am hungry and I like corn. You shoot them. Why? Because you are seducing them to a place where you can attack them. That's what Satan does. That's what he does. Come on. Come on. Come on. Look how great this is. Come on. Come on. Right? That's what he uses. Here's, let me, I'm going to give it real simple to you. You are not the exception to the rule. Right? We all think we're smarter. I'm more clever. I'm smarter. No way Satan's going to get me. The boneyard of destruction for proud people that did not think Satan would do it to them. 
is eons old. Right? So, how's he do it? Seduce, temptation, right? I love, we were eating the other day and I said, you know, I really would like cherry pie. Ellen made some kind of pie, pumpkin. I don't like pumpkin. I don't like pumpkin. They do, pumpkin spice. I have no interest in any kind of pumpkin spice. Brother Matt, can I get amen? But you throw some apples in there. You throw some cherry. Praise God, some of you woke up finally. Some nana pudding stuff. <laughs> Amen. Right? I love desserts. Cinnamon rolls. Cheesecake. Am I making you hungry? Good, because I only got one more hour in the message. And I could probably, but Dennis, I could probably eat a whole cheesecake myself. I'm talking about, I don't, but I could. But you ever wondered if if they really told you all the stuff they put in stuff that's killing you if you'd eat what you eat? I, I mean, I, I'm not, listen, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm down there with you, so I'm not looking down on you, praise God. But one of the things they did that was one of the dumbest things for the food industry is when you go to a restaurant, at least for me, was like beside of it, they put how many calories it is. Because Brother Foy used to, you'd say, well, I'm going to eat healthy, I'm going to get me a salad. Well, now you look there and that salad is 1,800 calories, and I'm like, well, I can eat a hamburger, it's only 800. I'm going to eat an 800-calorie hamburger, right? But they don't tell you all the stuff that goes in it, or, or they know if, if they told you everything that was in the Fruity Pebbles, you probably wouldn't eat it or wouldn't let your kids eat it. Well, that's what Satan does. He's like, well, I'm going to put all the good stuff out there. I ain't going to tell you what comes with it. He seduces, but then he also snatches. Matthew 13, 19. He said, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth uh, away that which was sown in his heart. So what he's saying is, when, when God's trying to do something, right. Satan's, Right? The Word of God. How many times you sat in a service just like this and you heard the Word of God and the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart and you walk out of here and say, I'm not. Satan says, you just go on. It'll be all right. You don't have to do anything today. Right? You don't have to do anything today. And you got out of here. It's like he took, something took what you were feeling, what you were thinking away snatch that's what he does he sifts in Luke twenty two thirty one. the Lord said Simon Simon behold Satan hath desired to sift you that he may sift you as wheat the word sift means to separate he desires to separate divide right he is constantly trying to separate us from God right hey football season is here Right? Now I'm thankful our church most of you, I, either you don't care that much about football or it's like, you know, I mean, it's good to sleep on Sunday afternoon, turn the game on and, right? That's me. 
but there'll be people move when Panthers are playing and I got tickets and or you know we've got our 18th vacation for the year and we you know what it was t- too cold right Brother Jerry it's too cold this morning I couldn't right or summertime it's too hot Wednesday night too rainy and since it's getting dark right now we got the it's too rainy and too dark right I mean we got all the excuses and Satan just he's trying to pull us he uses people right well, Brother Danny did this, and he's a Christian. If Danny's Brother Danny's a Christian, he does this. Why do you have to be a Christian? You're as good as Brother Danny, or you're as good as Brother Jerry, or you're as good as Brother Tilly, or Brother McDaniel, and you know more of the Bible than they do. You know what he's doing? Getting her eyes off of him, getting her own people, right? He's good. He's good. You say, how do you know he's good? Because I read some of y'all's Facebook posts. You don't have your eyes on him. You've got it on everybody else. And in your mind, you're justified in doing that, right? But until you get your eyes off everybody else, get them on him, all he's doing is pulling you away. He sifts. That's what he does, right? Not only does he sift and snatch, what what's your, he stands against. 1 Thessalonians 2.18, Wherefore we would have come unto you even... Even I, Paul, once again, but Satan hindered us. He puts obstacles in your way. Now, they're real, right? I'm not saying everything that happens in your life is your fault, but you do have to understand some of it is, some of it's him. Well, if there's an obstacle in your life, you don't stop. You just figure out a way to go over it, under it, around it, through it, whatever. So he's trying to stand against you, right? How many times have you tried to read your Bible and it seems like, Satan did something where it just can't. How many times have you tried to go to church and be at Sunday school and the kids didn't get up or, you know, it was too cold or, you know, the car blew up. I mean, you got two cars, take the other one. Well, Johnny, our, our power went out. Well, come to church smelly. Nobody cares. I don't because I'm up here. Y'all, as long as you're down there, we're good. See, we're just... And we always think, well, I'll just go next week. But what if there is no next week? What if there is no next time? This is urgent. And he lulls us to sleep thinking, well, it's not urgent. I'll just, here's an obstacle, I'll just wait. Then he snares, 1 Timothy 3, 7. Write that down. Moreover, he must have a, uh, he must have a good report of them uh, which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. What's that mean? Like we talked, lure and trap. A snare is a trap. He's luring you in to trap you. How many homes, lives have been destroyed because of the temptation? He lured you in. And you know, listen to me, young person. Moms, I don't care who you are, listen to what I'm saying. He will lure you in and destroy your life and leave you there. He don't care. He hates God. Satan hates God. And since God loves you, 
He'll destroy you to get to God. Amen. He doesn't care about you. See, that's the thing. Well, I, Satan, I believe the devil, care, he doesn't care about you. He doesn't want you in hell because he loves you. He wants you in hell because he hates God. So he'll do anything he's got to do to hurt God. Hold on. I'm almost done. So if I gave you all that, and it, I don't like to give problems, not solutions. Right? So number three, how do we withstand Satan? Four things I'm not going to spend much time on. First of all, crucify the flesh. I die daily. I've got to get up every day and say, you know what? My flesh, and I'm made out of the same thing you are, right? You want me to tell you why preachers fail? Because they're made out of the same stuff you are. You want me to tell you why? You want me to tell you why husbands cheat on their wives? Same thing. You know why preachers cheat on their wives? You say, well, he's a man of God. He's made out of the same stuff you are, right? You want me to tell you why? Uh, why? Why? Uh, deacons and deacons' children and deacons' wives and pastors and pastors' wives and pastors' kids and piano players and Sunday school teachers. We're all made out of the same stuff. You're not any better. And unless you crucify the flesh daily, unless you say, listen, flesh, I'm not giving you what you want today. Brother Foy, it's interesting, isn't it? How many times the Bible talks about fasting? Why? Why? Well, there are health benefits to it, right? No doubt. But here's the thing. We're independent Baptists. We will eat. Right? I mean, it don't matter. We'll find, invent reasons to eat. Hey, you want to meet and talk? Yeah. You want to meet? Well, let's go have lunch. Right? And what... It's 11.40. If I went to 12.30, some of y'all be going. It is lunchtime. Right? Now, God told me to go to 12.40. I'd do it, and you just have to fast. But the reason is, he's saying, look, if you can control if you can learn to control the flesh when it comes to food it, by fasting, then you realize that you can you can control the flesh when it comes to other stuff. That's the that's the purpose. And and if you ever notice that when he's talking about fasting, it's always prayer attached to it. He didn't say just go fast. He said pray and fast, right? Why do we not like to fast? Because the first time our stomach goes. We're going, i got to eat. Right? Well, same thing with the flesh. The flesh is saying, I'm hungry. I need this. I need this. I need this. And we just go do it. And Satan knows that. So you know what he does? He puts stuff out in front of us that our flesh wants. And he's saying, go get it. And now, Miss Rita, now we're in a place where the church, right? The church is saying, oh, it's all right. Just go do it. God will forgive you. Just go do whatever. Doesn't matter. As long as you come to church once in a while. As long as you show up at worship time. Right? But see, when we, when we don't crucify the flesh, we're not worthy to worship. We can't worship. 
And so there's the crucifying of the flesh, then there's consecration. No, we Baptists like to talk about consecration, right? That we have to remove stuff out of our life. That's true. But you've got to replace it with something else. Because when you take something out and don't put something good in it, you know what happens? The devil gives you something to put in there. Hey, I remember growing up, listen, uh, you young people don't know what this is. It's a CD. And even before that, there were cassettes. And when I was growing up, you know, the big thing, man, that kids would go to these youth revivals and get get on fire for God. And they'd say, well, I'm going to take all my cassette tapes and I'm going to burn them. Hallelujah. I'm going to take all my ungodly CDs and I'm going to burn them. But they never put anything in the place of what they took out. And so the flesh is saying, I can't live without that. So you know what they did? They go buy some more. Right? Getting rid of stuff is good. But consecration is not just taking it out. It's finding the right stuff to put in there. That, that's why, I listen, when we tell, you know, you either are or soon like, will become like the people you hang around. If you've got friends that influence you in the wrong way, you need to send them packing, hit the road. Well, if they don't find some good friends to put in their place, you know what's going to happen? More is going to come, and it's going to get worse than it was to start with. And same thing with you, moms and dads. If you don't, I'm all for, listen, I need to get rid of this and get rid of that and not watch this and not listen to that. Great. But if you don't put something godly in the place of what you took out, your flesh is going to say, I can't handle this. I can't handle not having food. Go back to that stuff. Right? Consecration. That's how you, that's how you beat the devil. You crucify the devil. You crucify the flesh. You, you consecrate yourself. And then uh, uh, consistency. Be persistent in seeking the Lord. Listen, now I ain't going to ask you how many, don't raise your hand, I know there's some, how many of you, including me, including Brother Jimmy, every single day, again, don't you raise your hand, I don't know if you listen, if you raise your hand, I know you're not listening. Every single day you read your Bible. Think about it. Every day, not miss one day. Almost the end of the year. We're in October, not missed one day. Probably most, maybe all, probably most say, nope, can't say that. How many have missed more than two days, three days? You know what happens when you miss two days, three days, four days, five days? It gets easier not to read it, doesn't it? And the more we don't read, the farther we end up getting away from God, right? But the more we don't pray, right? Do you pray every day? I, well, I try, but sometimes stuff gets in the way. I understand. But what I'm saying is consistency. It doesn't do good to read the Bible one time a week. It doesn't do good to pray one time a week. Consistency. Be persistent. Now here's what will happen. Ready? You're going to mess up. I said it. You say, preacher, you believe in sinless perfection? Hadn't seen it yet. Right? Hadn't seen it. I believe this... I believe that since we have the Holy Spirit, there's the potential to be sinlessly perfect, but nobody's ever done it because we still got this flesh. One day we will be. So you know what the devil does? Here's what he does. Brother Johnny, say you're a Christian. Been saved. How long have you been saved, brother? 400 years, hadn't you? 
He's been saved a long time. So the devil said, you know what, Johnny? You've been saved a long time. 30 years? 30 years. He got saved when he was two years old. 38. You've been saved 30 years. Now, you didn't read your Bible today. Now, if you was really a Christian like you say you're a Christian, you'd read your Bible and you wouldn't have any problem with whether or not you're going to read it. You know, Johnny, you've been saved 30 years. If you really saved for 30 years and you love Jesus like you say you do, you wouldn't have any problem praying. You know, so-and-so, if you were saved like you say you are and you believed in the cross and Jesus shed his blood and you were so thankful for the grace of God, you wouldn't have any trouble come back on Wednesday night. You ever hear that? Huh? Am I the only one he does that too? Hey, preacher man, you know what? If you was all you were supposed to be, you wouldn't have a problem with this, this, and this. Can I get amen right there? So you know what we do? Well, you know what? Maybe you're right. You're going to make a mistake. You are going to sin. I hate to tell you this. Some of you think, I don't do anything wrong. You do. You know what you probably need more than anything? You need a mirror that will tell you the truth. You do sin. You do say dumb things. You do do dumb things, right? You do it. But you know what you ought to do when you leave out of here today? Well, first thing I'd do is I'd get on this altar and I'd say, God, you're right. I'm a sinner. I am saved by the grace of God, but I have done this, this, and this. You're never going to get anywhere until you repent, right? Blame whoever you want, but until you're going to get right with God and get serious with God, get on an altar, whether it be here at your house, whatever, and get on and say, God, I am a sinner, and I've messed up, and it's, here's what I can remember I've done, and if I've done more, and I know I have, and you, if you'll tell me, I'll, I'll confess it and repent. That'd be a good start. But then when I walked out of here and the devil said, you didn't really mean that. You know what I do? I just keep going. And tomorrow morning when I got up and I, I read my Bible and if by chance, Brother Ron, I didn't, I'd say, you know what, devil? That don't mean I'm not saved. I'm going to read it to Tuesday morning. The problem is you're going to have roadblocks. Just don't quit. You're not a failure because you messed up. You're a failure when you quit. Right? Just fight. Right? Just just. Hey, since I've been training jiu-jitsu, it's not who's the best, it's who's left at the end, right? You can be the best, but if you're not there at the end, you didn't win. So I'm just saying there's, uh, we need to realize that you may not be the, the best Christian in the room, but just keep going. Be consistent in your walk with God. And when you fail, get back in it. And then finally, circumspect walk. What does that mean? Be aware. Can I let, let me give it to you like this? I said it earlier, I'll say it again. You are not the exception to the rule. The principles in the Word of God, you're not the exception. Satan's attack, you're not the exception. You have to realize that I have to circumspect means to be aware. When I'm walking, Right? 
My wife tell you, we'll go out to eat. I want to I wanna see the door. Right? We're walking. Right? I, 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 don't, I don't walk like this. Right? I don't trust people. Because if you haven't figured out, people are crazy. I won't see them saved go to heaven, but they are crazy. There's a dude, anybody see this? Guy last week up on the power line, naked. That's crazy where I come from. I'm from listen, I'm from Coolamy, and that's crazy where I come from. And we grew up a craze around us. So you got to be aware. Well, the devil is, the Bible tells you he's a roaring lion seeking who may devour. Well, I got to look for him everywhere I look. That could be a potential hazard. That could be a problem. That could be a problem, right? You don't stop walking. You're just aware and beware when you're walking. Well, how do you do that? You ready for this? First of all, you better know, you better know Jesus. The greatest God you'll ever have is the Holy Spirit. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know Him as your Savior, you don't have the navigator. Right? Second thing, study the Word of God. How do you know the pitfalls if you don't know what they are? They're right there. I can't read that. Why can't you? I don't understand it all. Neither do I. And the third thing, walk with some other people. More eyes you got. Listen, I've got some people in my life I've set up to say, look, you have access to me to tell me what you see. Because I can, I can miss some stuff, right? I don't know everything. Brother Jimmy. I've given him some things. I'm like, I don't have to. He doesn't have to tell me every little thing going on with outreach. I trust him, right? right? Brother Jose, I've got preachers. I've got friends. I'm like, you can see stuff I don't see. So if you see something, tell me, right? right. Well, who of you? Well, I ain't letting nobody. There's your problem. There's your problem. You won't let anybody in your life to help you. You think you've got it all figured out. Guess what? You're in danger. Because Judas walked away from God, went his own way, right? That proud, independent Baptist pride. We have, bless God, ain't nobody going tell me what to do. Jesus is the only one I bow to, hallelujah. You're in danger. God has given you some things in your life, a church, a pastor, a spouse maybe, some godly friends, the word of God, the Holy Spirit. He's given all this, all these tools to help you. You know what we're saying? I'll do it my way. That's what he did. Now, the first thing you think, well, I'm going to go to heaven, but I'm going to do it my way. I, I feel like I'm good enough. You're wrong. I'm, I got baptized. Wrong. I said a little shallow prayer when I was three years old. Wrong. Right? There's your first step. Better know him as your Savior. Second step, put some guardrails up. Word of God. Because I promise you this. You listen to me, young person, mom and dad, mamma and papa. Satan's after you, and he wants to devour you. Let's stand together. Stand together. Bow our heads this morning. No one's looking around.
the altar's open. I'd do this. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not the Holy Spirit, but I would do this. I'd be on this altar this morning. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, nobody's looking around, I want to ask you this question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? If you're not one, I didn't say I think so, might be so. Do you know 100% if I died, I'm going to heaven? If not, I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you. Is there another? Is there another? You can put that hand down. Is there another? If I die today, I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven. Pray for me, preacher. Is there another? You better know. Thank you. You better know. There's no there's no do-overs. There's no second chance. Once you draw your last breath, once the rapture takes place, there is no second chance. The many are on the altar this morning. I don't think there's anybody here, not one person, that would raise their hand and say, you know what, I want the devil to use me. I want to be a pawn. I, I just, you know what, but here, here's what we'll do. But I think I'm better. I think I'm stronger. I think I'm wiser. You come. If there's sin in your life you know about, why don't you come confess it? Father, thank you for the hands that were raised. There may be others that didn't raise their hand. Touch their heart. Give them courage to step out this morning in Jesus' name. If you raised your hand or you didn't, and you want to know for sure from the Bible, not the Baptist, not Currytown Baptist Church's way, but the Bible, what the Bible has to say about it, if you'll come, we'll show you. You've got to take the step, though. You come, we'll show you from the Word. You need to come for any other reason. Maybe you want to just pray, say, God, if there are things in my life, if, if there are steps, if there are pitfalls, show me what they are. You just mind God. Mind God. Mind the Lord. Obey God this morning. Don't walk out of here not knowing. Man, I'd hate to live my life not knowing if I, where I'd spend eternity. But I'd hate to know, Brother Jerry, that I didn't know that I could trust God enough to get me through this life. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for the Word of God and the sweet Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you've done in the service today. For every decision that's been made, for those that raised their hand, for others, I pray, God, that you would continue to deal with their hearts. Show them that you will save them if they'll simply call on you. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name.